Welcome to an inspirational teaching by our guest speaker of Adonai Church, Bangalore. We hope you enjoy this teaching. It's such a joy to come and speak to you all today about what God has put on my heart and the whole team for this year and the coming year. Uh, let me just start with the year of 2015. In the year 2015, God had significantly put on a heart to reach out to people throughout our community, in schools, colleges, in different areas. As we formed a small group, we decided we will reach out to people in four different ways. One is through the Living Free program, which you'll know about. The second one is through the four spiritual laws. And uh, hospitals was one of the key things God was impressing that on our heart. The fourth one is social media. So let me just start with the Living Free. We have done about 10 Living Frees, actually 11 of them so far this year. And we have had about 1,000 people who have come for the Living Free. They have witnessed the transforming word of our Lord Jesus Christ. Living Frees conducted in the Annex. Uh, we have also conducted these Living Free programs in colleges. You know, what gives us the most joy is to see when young people receive the love of God. When we look at society, we look at drugs, we look at addiction, there's so many things around us. Never would you think when you walk into a mall, never would you think if you're on Brigade Road, you're walking on the road, everything looks so fine, right? Everyone is smiling, they are so happy. But deep down, everyone has a need. And through this Living Free program, we have taken the good news to them and many of them have responded. And I'd like to thank you, church, for standing with us in prayer and also helping us out. This was something which just the Lord put on our heart. There are different uh, church members who have been very instrumental in helping us to reach out to people in hospitals. Some of the hospitals, Parsh, Malaya, Seven-day Adventists, people in hospital are going through so much. They are sick. Some of them, they are wounded. They are hurt. You know, they're going through so much pain, right? Many of them in the hospital and they're going for treatment. We know the truth. Yes, the healing power of Jesus Christ. You know, I'll just share one incident. The first time one of our friends actually said, come to this hospital and pray for one of these person. We went, we prayed for the person, and that person really got delivered. Really got delivered. Do you know where? They got delivered. The second hospital we went, that deliverance kept on. Second hospital, second time we went, we prayed. Second person, delivered. And now, who's going to deliver us from that now? So, there was so much in our heart thinking, and we are really asking God. But trust, and we believe that God is a God who heals. A God who wants to save us. So, we continue to go to hospitals, and after that, we kind of seen people who started just receiving the word, many people getting healed. There was one incident, I remember, of one of these guys, he was too many tubes all over him. He had actually met with an accident. He was lying. We went, we shared the gospel with him. We told him that God loves him. We sent CDs to this person. And you won't believe it, after two months, he walks in, actually, into the church. And we are shocked because we can't recognize him even. I'm like, are you the same guy we've seen in the hospital? God's word has so much of power. It is our heart to reach out to the people in need. And one key area is hospitals. Every time we share the four spiritual laws with people, we have seen the love of God attract them. It is who is in the book which is more important than the book. And we see the name of Jesus in the book. 
And when people receive the love of Jesus Christ, something radical happens to them. I would encourage you, you know, the Bible, the four spiritual laws, take these, use them, they have power. It can really, I mean, you may just think as simple as giving them the book, but you, know, you don't know what will happen with the book. There are many people who we have walked them through the four spiritual laws and we have seen the fruit of it. And we want to give all the glory to God. Our heart has been again to reach out to people and we found one good way to reach out to people is Facebook. All you do is you put one post, you suddenly see 600 people, 1000 people have viewed your post. You need so many people actually to go out and do that, right? But here it is so simple on Facebook, put a post. So we have around 160, 170 likes on Facebook and we are encouraging people to keep sharing. The more we share, the more people will be reached. And the more people are reached, we get to share the good news with them. Because we see a team here doing things together. It is not one person, but a team who have come together with zeal and passion to take God's word to his people. More incredible is that we hardly started with four or five people in this team. We trusted and believed in God that God will send the laborers. So we prayed, we trusted. So it really connects with the previous last two messages, you know, the message on prayer and worship, that when we pray and trust in God, God brings the people. This year, as we are praying and trusting in God, God laid it upon our heart that we are going out, we are reaching people, but now we need to disciple people. So one thing God gave me the picture once when I was praying about a ship moving these big, huge ships, they were not meant to be in the harbor, right? They are meant to keep moving, carrying things through and fro to different places. And what God was saying that, y'all are going, keep going. But building people, discipling people was important. So there are different ways in which we can encourage people to come and join our cell groups. On a Sunday morning, I'm sure you meet new people in the church. All you can do is just take some time, say, hi, how are you? introduce them so that they get the sense of being a part of a family. And that's the whole thing about discipleship, that they get to grow in the Word of God and that they grow in closeness with each other. If you look at this, there's been so much of work, so much of effort, so much of praying, different things which we do in terms, you know, because we really want to depend on God to take this out. There's been so much which has been the effort of people, you all praying for us, all these things happening. But you may ask the question, why are we doing all this? Because we really felt and we really experienced the transforming power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because if we didn't receive the power of Christ, if we didn't receive the power of the love which flows from Him, because we received it, we are able to reach out to others. And we do this because God loves people. I just want to share three points on evangelism. I'd like to first read from uh, John 3.16 to 17. For God so loved the Christians that he gave his only son. Yes? No? For God so loved the? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. For whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Can I hear a amen, church? God is a loving God. He cares for us. See, if you look at it, God so loved, past tense, God so loved 
the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes the gospel of jesus christ is to who believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life we carry the gospel in our heart we carry the presence in our heart and when we speak forth there is life which goes look at the next verse it says for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him god's heart is such a loving heart he never sent his son you know to condemn the world but to save do we carry a heart today church a heart of jesus christ that we want to go out be used by jesus christ see god's love comes from god's character as you see in exodus 34:6 and he passed in front of moses proclaiming the lord the lord the compassionate and gracious god slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness and this was uh, generally lays emphasis on the character of god the three points which i would like to discuss today is the first point being the purpose of the gospel the second point would be the power of the gospel and third point would be the passion for the gospel it's very simple purpose power passion now the purpose of the gospel is god the initiator of the gospel god sought after man because god loved his creation if you see um in this verse 1 john uh, 4:8 it says and he passed in front of moses proclaiming the lord the lord the compassionate and gracious god slow to anger abounding in love and faithfulness so there's something of god's character we see here the compassionate and gracious god why do you think god is compassionate and gracious we live in a fallen world everyone this whole world in a romans 323 says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god all so you can just see the character of god god saying that i am a compassionate god i am a gracious god i am not looking at your sins i am loving towards you and he says that abounding in love and faithfulness 1 john 48 says god is love see when you look at love what does love stand for in the bible it says uh, god's love is kind slow to anger and what we see is god's compassion towards his people is his love can you take anything out from love can i say he's love but he's still a angry person can i say he's love and he still wants to destroy you so god is love and i think we have to you know get the whole understanding that god loves us very much and out of his love he wants us to save his people one of the most important thing i've noticed we meet with uh, different people and one key thing is it makes a very big difference how they see god it makes a very big difference of how they see god because if we are seeing god as a loving god a compassionate god a kind god it kind of changes the whole thing but let's just look at this small parable 
this parable is on the bags of gold. What happens, this master, he's planning to go out. So he uh, gives one person five bags of gold, the second person two bags of gold, and the third person one bag of gold. So then this master says, make use of it, I'm going out. And then, after some time, he comes back. The first person who had five bags of gold did well with it. He had another five bags with him. The second person who had two bags of gold had another two bags with him. But let's see what the third person said. Then the man who received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Just look at the way. I mean, there were three people here, right? It's quite obvious that two people looked at the master in a very different way. And then this third person, he looks at the master saying that he's a hard person. Yes? He's a hard person and he's a angry person. And I think it's very important that we look at God's heart, that he's a loving God. He's a caring God. If I had to put one person here and list out three or four characteristics of a person, I'm sure you would be able to identify if that's a very close person you know. But if I had to say a characteristic which is contradictory to that, I'm sure you'd be describing someone else. And today I want to bring you all back to the heart to know that God's character, that he's a loving God, he's a gracious God, he's slow to anger, and he's abounding in love. He's full of love. And in God's plan, in Luke 19.10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And in Acts 17.26-27, it says, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined, allocated periods and boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God in the hope that they might feel their way towards him and find him. Yet, he is actually not far from each one of us. How many of you all do feel that God is far from you? I'm sure none of you all would feel that here, right? You all know that you and God are very close, that God is with us. God is even present right here, right now. And if you look at this, there are two hearts. Here you are looking at God's heart. God is saying, I've come to seek and save the lost. And on the other side, it's saying that God has put it into man's heart to seek and to find God. Are you able to see that? One side here you have Jesus, who's saying that I've come to seek and save the lost. On the other hand side, he's saying that I've put it in man's heart to seek and to find God. And I feel that it's the gap between that where we play the role. We become vessels where God can use us, just connecting God with man. And when God and man connects, we see relationships restored. That's the heart of God, to see everyone back into relationship with people. Many of them, they have this deep void in them. They are constantly searching. I mean, you can ask anyone you want, atheists or whatever religion, you can ask them and see, everyone have a void at some point. Of, I mean, they're all searching. They either find something which is true 
or they find something which is false. And we have to understand that we play a very critical place in helping them to find the truth. In Romans 5.8 it says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Most of you all know a little bit about me. I was a chain smoker, alcoholic. Uh, I had a very rough upbringing. I was sexually abused when I was about 11 or 12 years old. Had a very rough life and constantly searching for acceptance, approval, trying to achieve through jobs, through career, I mean, these kind of things. And I also came very close, very, very close, you know, of dying. And it is at this point that something very special happened in my life. God touched my life. God transformed my life. And you know what? That time I was still a sinner, but God seen me here right now. This is the first time I'm actually, you know, preaching on a stage. And I believe that God seen me here. I was in his plan, his plan of restoration. He wanted to restore me. And this just, you know, helps me and will probably help you all to capture and give you all understanding that while there are so many sinners, God has plans for everyone. God wants to save them. God wants to restore their life completely. The heart is that, that God showed his love for us that we were, while we were still sinners, that he died for us. If you have a friend or a family member or someone who doesn't know the Lord, trust and believe in God. God has a plan for them. God will make a way. God will open out places for you where you can talk to them. Or God will bring other people. Pray and trust in God for them. God has a plan for them. The most powerful symbol is the cross because it is at the cross we see Jesus Christ we see his death we see the fact that he took all our sins all our iniquities on the cross by his blood we are cleansed today God has cleansed us he has restored us completely I'm sure each one of you all sitting here Y'all have tasted something of God's goodness. Y'all were, were different before, but God has completely changed your life. And God's heart is that he wants to change and he wants to restore everyone's life. And that's why I emphasized on the point that God so loved the world. God wants to save all. That is the key purpose of God. That through his love that all of us get saved. I'd like to go to my second point, which is the power of the gospel. I'm reading from Romans 15:19. It says, In the power of signs and wonders, in the power of the Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and around as far as Elecrium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. When we take the gospel and we go out, when we go to preach the gospel to someone, we are not all alone. God backs his word. God backs his word with power. God backs his word with miracles, with signs, with wonders. And you can see Paul, they went and preached the gospel all around that place. 
And you can see that the heart which Paul was carrying, that he felt burdened for that city. He wanted to go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he just didn't do it by mere words. Signs and wonders followed him. Let me also read 1 Corinthians 2.4, where it says, My message and preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. You know, church, we are not alone. We are not just going out with ordinary words to people. We have the living God with us. In the Bible, it says, Christ in me, the hope of glory. We go out with power. We go out with authority. When we speak words, we're not just telling them some out of man's wisdom. We're not just talking some ordinary words to people. When we share the simple gospel, the simple words of God from our mouth, it's not just the words which are coming out of our mouth. Power is coming out with it. And that power which holds the words go into that person. And that gives life. There's sometimes a pull, you know, sometimes we are pulled a little bit when people ask us questions, uh, we try to respond to their questions and sometimes ends up into an argument and this person disagrees with the other person and that's it. And, you know, it leaves some sort of bitterness also in people. But I believe that when we listen to God's word and we experience God's word and by the power of the Holy Spirit, when we speak God's word, there's something very powerful which will happen. I'm also going to read from John 14:12. it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Jesus, when he left us to go to the Father, he said that we will do greater works. We see in different parts of the world, there are so many powerful miracles People being raised from the dead, people being healed. So this is not an outdated gospel. This is a current gospel. This is the true and living word of God. That when we take this power to people, their spirit quickens, there's transformation in their life. And you know what? Does everyone know about this truth? Not everyone knows about this truth. It's us, we know about the truth. It's when we come to a complete realization of who we are in Christ and the power which God is backing us up with. And that when we do things, God honors his word. While we go to hospitals or we pray for people, we see people getting healed from different sicknesses, even physical healing. It is not us. We don't do anything. We just take God for what he said. And we put faith in that. And that really touches people. That transforms people. I'd like to read from Mark 16, 20, which says, And they went forth and preached everywhere. And the Lord was working with them. God doesn't say, okay, you know what? This is, this is the four spiritual laws. You know, take it. You're all on your own. Please go. Does God just leave us like that? But when we are taking it, know this. That God is with you. And God will guide you to who you have to give this to. We look at that as we go on a little bit. And God confirms his word with signs and wonders. Once you do things, you may have heard various testimonies. 
that after you know you shared and different things happened different people something happened to them either they felt a very deep sense of god's love some of them they got healed immediately some of them their broken relationships were restored something happened god did something there that gives you confidence and so much of knowing that you're not just taking ordinary words to people you're taking god's word you're taking the power of jesus christ i'd like to read from 1 corinthians 118 which says christ crucified is god's power and wisdom for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved it is the power of god i'll repeat that again for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are but to us who are being saved it is the power of god when we speak to people sometimes they don't understand yes you you tell them god loves you and this is god's plans for salvation this is what god wants to i have tasted it i have experienced it and still we don't see the expected that god really touches them at that point we don't sometimes see that and in 2 corinthians 4:4 it says that the gods of this age have blinded have blinded the people that even though you're speaking even though they can very clearly hear it or they can very clearly see what's happening they're not able to recognize see when we are when we talk about god to other people we are telling uh, you know when their eyes are blind you tell them for them they only seeing things like that length you know colors or you know different kind of things but are they actually seeing the power of god how many of them have heard of the gospel lot of them have heard of the gospel but what happens is it's the gods of this age which have blinded them so the key here is that come for spiritual warfare come for the prayer programs when you pray and trust in god god does something god will remove the veil you can pray for your loved ones also because even in the bible it says that if you get saved and you trust and believe in god you and your family will be saved so trust and believe in god don't give up hope because while we were sinners christ died for us the purpose of christ the power of christ which is backing us as we go and the next point i'd like to share which is quite important is the passion for the gospel i'm reading from philippians 3:7 to 12 what is more i consider everything loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing christ jesus my lord for whose sake i have lost all things i consider them garbage that i may gain christ look at paul paul he was one of the higher ups in the israeli community is one of the higher ups he was a jew he was a pharisee probably a very well renowned person he was a very educated person and look at what paul is saying paul is saying that i consider all of this a lost for the surpassing glory of jesus christ when we look at the emptiness of the whole world christ magnifies a lot 
I had come very close. I was very sick. I thought I was going to die very soon. Though I had a very big position, I had money, all the things generally a person in the world would want. But at that time, nothing seemed, it didn't, nothing seemed important to me at that point of time. And I just seen so much. And when I got Jesus Christ, when I received him in my heart, something really quickened in my spirit. I wanted to know more and more Jesus Christ. I wanted to spend time with Christ. I wanted to take the gospel out. And sometimes in our emptiness, God fills us. I like to read Romans 1.16 which says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jews first and also to the Greek. We shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God. Yes, we may be shamed sometimes. But we shouldn't be ashamed. Because God is with us. And God loves those people very deeply. Recently I went out with our team. And there were a couple of guys sitting there. They were smoking and things like that. We went, we invited them for the Living Free program. And they asked me, so are you Protestant? They said. I'm like, "Uh, no, we believe in God. (laughs) Are you Protestant? And these guys were, I think, Roman Catholics. Okay, And they were so upset that I gave them the, I mean... 16 to 20 years old, they were furiated. And then uh, I started talking to them and said, you know, it's a very good program, the, very, uh, the importance and significance of the program. And then one guy looks at me and says, you buy me some boozra, then I'll come. And I was thinking in my head how valuable this thing is. And uh, it didn't go off so well, so you know what? I said, give the pass back, and I walked. I just walked away up to the tent. And then you know what happens? God speaks to me. He said, no, go back to them. Go back to them. So I went back to them. That is the most difficult point when you have to go back to such people. So God, and God is telling me, go and tell them that I love them very much. And I said, God, okay. So I, we decided, I think me and Ryan were there. She said, come, bro, we'll go. So I went, I kept the pass back on the table there and said, God loves you very much. He wants you to know that. And then I spoke a little bit about the testimony, the things what happened in my life. And you can see the response completely changed. He said, I'm so sorry if I've offended you. And we started talking. Sometimes we can miss out. Sometimes our own self is what makes us to miss out opportunities. But when we get to understand that God loves people very much, it no longer becomes a task. It no longer becomes a burden of taking the gospel. It becomes a joy. It becomes a happiness. When you see people sick, walking. When you see people who do not know God in problems, in troubles, and you see them praising and worshipping God here. I mean, it, you really feel, feel the love of God here. I'd like to quickly end with this last verse from Acts 9.15. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he has chosen an instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings, and the sons of Israel. We see that word very, even where it's saying, go and make disciples. Here it's saying, go for he has chosen you as an instrument. Yes, God has chosen each and one of us as an instrument. He considers as very precious. And he considers his people outside. And this is what the heart is. 
that God didn't only die for the Christians. He died for the Hindus. He died for the Muslims. He died for Sikhs. He died for everyone. He died for everyone and he loves everyone. And anyone can accept him into their heart. I'd like to close with that. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this message. To know more about us, please visit www.adonai.com hyphen ministries.com